Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Hey, everybody. Mark here. And before we jump into today's conversation, I'd like to invite you to consider a year-end gift to the online ministry here at Menlo Church. The gifts that we received fuel what we were able to do in 2023. As we start the new year, we want to start it strong as we're welcoming on Phil Eubank, our new senior pastor. And now that he's on the team, it brings a lot of exciting opportunity to help people find and follow Jesus online. I'm thinking back over this past year and just am so encouraged by the stories of people that we've been able to disciple, not only here in the Bay Area, but all across the world. We've had people sign up for discipleship classes online. I've been able to pray with people through the internet or through the phone. And we've even had people get baptized right here in person because of this online ministry. So I'm especially encouraged by that. And I'm praying that God will continue to move through this ministry in the year of 2023. And we can only do it with your support. So for more information around giving, head over to menlo.church slash give. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Well, welcome to Menlo Midweek, everybody. My name is Mark. My name is Jessica. And we have not one, but two guests Woo-hoo. with us today. Woo-hoo. So excited. So we have Cheryl Fletcher. Yes. Um, all sorts of titles. All sorts of titles. <laughs> all sorts of titles. Yes. What would you like for this week, Cheryl? I want to be like Scott, Reverend Doctor. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Reverend Dr. Cheryl. <laughs> I was listening to Can the podcast. Can we just claim the it? Day. You yeah. don't actually have to have the title. Oh, okay, great. Uh, well, I do have Cheryl doctors. He oh, has doctors. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. legit. I'm not just making it up. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have Rochelle Summers Woo! with us. That is me. Yes. Rochelle is one of our dearest friends. Um, she has been on and off of staff before, which has been <laughs> great. Um, the better half of Matt Summers, if yes. you know Matt from the Mountain View campus. Correct. Or online back or in the day. Or online back in the day. That's yeah. right. Um, he's in our running for favorite bosses. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I but feel Mark has way. to say that because I'm his boss right now. And so he, <laughs> had, to, he had, had to say he's in the running, but it's okay. I, I, I bow down to Matt Summer. So. <laughs> he can be the And favorite. he bows down to Rochelle. So it works <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> nice. the Rochelle was also on our Menlo Meditations. She is a voice on the Meditations podcast. Advent. Yeah. I was. So we're we're excited for all of us to be here and chatting. And I'm just excited that we have four people. It's so so fun. We haven't done four people in a while. Fourth, fourth, third time doing four people. I know. Something like that. It's exciting. As we were chatting earlier today, we were talking all sorts of things. Uh, Cheryl was eating a a nice bag of chips, (laughs) which was great. I had to eat people. I had to eat, even if it was chips. Get that hangry. We got to get you some food so you're not mad at us. Yeah, you not hangry. Yeah. No, actually, shout out to, since I love that we were doing this, uh, I got a sandwich which came with free chips from Menlo Cafe. Oh, And if there's nice. any place in Menlo that I want to support okay. and give props to is Menlo Cafe. It's on Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. It's towards El Camino. And those people are amazing. So kind. The food is great. And you can have a lunch in Menlo Park for less than ten dollars. Wow. Whoa, that's amazing! I don't think I've ever been there. Honestly. Oh my god! I know. No, I'm their biggest fan. That's Those great. ladies are amazing. Um, and it's just yeah, it's on the corner, and it's a reasonably priced 
freshly made sandwiches, salads, that kind of stuff. They have breakfast there as well, which Ooh. I have not done yet, okay. but want to. And I, I really, I want to add campaign okay. for them. I mean, awesome. Menlo Cafe. Yeah, Menlo go. Cafe. Little sandwich shop. Yeah, our little mini series fill in the blank. We've been trying to get sponsors, and we got one last week, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So we're gonna add it to Menlo Midweek too, as yeah, well. I guess yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, I was listening. To, I was hearing Phil and yes. you guys talk yeah. about that, and I thought I got to now with my chips, my bag of chips. Right. Uh, Menlo Cafe is all that and a bag of chips. Oh, good one. Nice. Nineteen ninety-eight. Hey, the nineties are back, so <laughs> I think it fits. <laughs> Bringing it back. Well, that was, you kind of stole my question thunder because I was going to ask, we have three people here all living in Menlo Park. Mm. What would be your go-to <laughs> lunch spot? Coffee? I've heard there's a new coffee shop that's popped up recently mm. too. I don't know if you've been there or not, but Jess, any any coffee or lunch? Specifically dinner? in Menlo yeah, Park. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the one I go to probably the most often in Menlo Park would be Galata. Mm. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Mm. Cheryl's not a fan. <laughs> well, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't actually go out to Menlo eat in Menlo Park very often me. because I'd rather do sure. like Uber Eats from Mendocino Farms in Palo Alto. Mm. Yeah. But when you're seeking sp- sandwiches, that's my go-to. Okay. Um, I also really like the Refuge, but I heard they just closed. I know, me too. I do like them a lot. But is, there used to be one in Redwood City, I think. Mm-hmm. So maybe I have to see if the whole franchise closed down. Or what, there was one in Hillsdale Mall in San Mateo as well. Okay, but maybe that's the while. one. I'll go with Refuge anyways, okay. because their pastrami is amazing. Yeah, great place. Yeah. Place Rochelle? Um, I like Coffee Bar for food. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah. the Paleo Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I will eat sweet potatoes and greens and chicken every day. Their chorizo breakfast panini burrito. That's what I get every time. Yep. yep. But coffee, I actually like St. Frank's yeah. for Ooh, coffee. Oh, yeah. Um, and a cafe tonic is <laughs> a nice uh, little um, treat to have once in a while. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that because... I keep hearing about that St. Frank's. Where is yeah. that? Because I have never been there, and I and I I agree with you on coffee bar. Not my favorite for the coffee, but I love their food, and it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Yeah, it's better than I won't name other place. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for coffee. For coffee. For sure. But what's the St. Frank's place? It's behind the railroad tracks. Um, is it near Seven Eleven? I always get yeah. Confused. It's on the same. Yeah. If you go down Oak Grove, you cross the railroad tracks. There's a Seven Eleven on the corner, and you turn right on that street. It's like a little, like I can't a pop up far. almost. I can't like, drive that far. It, you can't cross. You can't cross you the rail tracks. Railroad tracks. Yeah, you could walk <laughs> to there. towards Atherton. No, I can't. <laughs> you could walk there. <laughs> I know. I could. No, totally. Yeah, but they have lots of great coffee. They do. Good to yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. St. Frank's. Nice. Well, if you need recommendations, check those out, especially after mm-hmm. church on Sundays. What about yes. you, Mark? I know yeah. you don't technically live here, but you work I here. Don't. Um, I, I'm a, just a Trader Joe's guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my go-to lunch Do you spot. Have a Shout go-to. out Buffalo Chicken Wrap. I'll eat that literally four or five times a week. No joke, we share an office and it is a fact. I'm, I should probably apologize because it, it probably smells not so great. No, it's, it's like, I actually no, like it, it, so you're good. Okay, good, and good I reg- thing you do because I literally <laughs> eat it four times a week. I regularly see you getting your yeah. lunch <laughs> while I'm grocery shopping. Yeah. Yeah. We actually run into a lot of people there. Yeah, I love it's the really Trader nice. Joe's so yeah. in yeah. Menlo Park and I just want to give shout outs to mm-hmm. everybody who works there because you guys oh, are they're awesome. They're they're they are friendly. friendly. I love Super it. Friendly, great. I love when they're always like, have you tried this before? It's so good and they get me so excited. Excited to eat my food. Yeah. Not that I'm not excited, but 
Yeah, they're great. <laughs> well, go out to eat and gather with people. That's yeah. kind of what we talked about mm-hmm. this past week. Mm. Cheryl, you brought us the message. Thank you so much for that. Fun for times. those that missed it, I'd love for you to summarize that, and then we can jump in with some questions. Yeah, I would say a summary would just be um, in our Hearing God series, uh, this was this was about how do we help each other hear from God um, and how do we, mm-hmm. you know, continuing the theme of how do, how do we hear from God. Um, but how, do, how does that happen in community? And I think truly I have grown in hearing from God with community, with people mm-hmm. in my life who have helped me. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have like gone to an island or a monastery by myself for three months and figured this out, you know? (laughs) Um, So that was really, it was a very, I think, I hope you guys can speak. (laughs) It was a very practical Mm. sermon. It wasn't, I struggled a little bit. I was telling Phil this last week when I was working on it. I struggled because I prefer to preach a sermon from a passage of scripture. Mm. I mean, ideally, if I can root it and ground it in one particular passage, um, that's what I'd want to do. And I kept trying to do that. And I, I was manipulating the scripture and I don't really want to do that. Um, Phil did, I asked him for feedback this morning and he did give me really helpful feedback. He said, you know, what I probably could have done, which would have been helpful was at the top end have just said that, like Mm. kind of pull back the curtain and say, Hey, typically we love to ground a, you know, a sermon and a passage of scripture. Um, this is going to get more in the application zone and mm-hmm. how do we do this and get real practical mm-hmm. um, and just give that heads up. Mm. So that was a good, good feedback. But now you got to do it here. Yeah. So I got to, <laughs> that's why, I, you know, and it was funny because I was thinking I got midway, uh, you know, that's what I love about this podcast because there's a number of things that, you know, trying to, with doing the practice in the sermon mm-hmm. really makes my sermon only about 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's just so many things. Like literally, you guys, I'm taking out lines that are like a sentence because you've got to be that tight yeah. Yeah. when mm. you only have 25 minutes, right? So anyway, lots of things I would have loved to have said, would have, could have, should have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, again, because you t- you've taught in semi-regularly yeah. in this series, you have been able to, like you said, like yeah. teach and this is kind of building upon that. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would have taken that same approach if you didn't teach earlier in the series? Oh, great mm. question. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know, right. but I don't think so. Yes, it's so helpful. And it's interesting, you know, Andy Stanley, you may or may not be an Andy Stanley fan, but Andy Stanley, when he talks about preaching, he talks about the fact that it's really helpful when you do a series rather than thinking, I have to say it all in this one sermon, which is what is tempting to do, especially if you're not the primary communicator Mm -hmm. or you're having a preaching team, um, which I was a part of a preaching team in LA and being a part of a team here, it, there is a real, there's, there is an art to it because the temptation when you have multiple preachers is, oh my gosh, it's my time up. I've got to say everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, what Andy Stanley talks about is that you, when you lay out a sermon series, instead of thinking uh, like, like when you lay out a sermon, you might think introduction, um, main point, application. He likes to think through the series, sermon one is your introduction, right? 
Sermon two might be that main big thing. And sermon three, now you're doing application there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're really spreading things out. And he also preaches 45 minutes. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. he gets to do it all. But, uh, but yeah, so it helped me knowing, um, hey, we've done an introduction. Scott kind of went deep on scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get practical. We wanted this series to feel a little more practical and application than just maybe high mm-hmm. level theological thoughts, concepts, that kind of thing. So. I think that having a teaching team and hearing from different people each week, even though like when it's your turn, like you said, you feel like you want to get everything out. I think that's the beauty of diversity in our Mm -hmm. teaching and then the diversity of people hearing. Yeah. Because even though we or you as a teacher or the teachers might feel like these are all the things I want to say, someone else might have something else to say Mm -hmm. and that will land on a hearer completely different. Yeah, I think one of the things with preaching teams, sometimes the, there's there are some people who think, oh, we need to get our preaching team all aligned in such a way that they have the same voice and that kind of deal. And actually, mm-hmm. I don't, I think that diminishes right. why you have a, a preaching team. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to be aligned theologically, you want to be aligned <laughs> biblically, yeah. you want to be aligned those, those places, but Again, in the in the teams that I've gotten to be a part of, whether it was a teaching team for more of a large group Bible study or a preaching team on a for the weekends, they have all been teams that have actually very different voices. Um, and as your people get to know those voices, they can celebrate that, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're all going to have favorites. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being a part of a team one time, and one of the people was like, "Well, we don't want the people to have favorites," and I'm like. I agree. We yeah. don't, but you're not gonna. We're not gonna. Um, we're not gonna socially engineer that. They're gonna have favorites, and and like it's okay to mm-hmm. me. And that you know, Scott Palmbush is somebody else's favorite. I'm not their favorite. That's okay. I'm a big girl. Um, you know, everyone's gonna love Phil more than he loves the rest of us. That's okay. You know, I can live with that. Again, I've I've gotten I've had the privilege of being on teams with some really great con- communicators, and um. And to your point, Rochelle, that's it's just a, it, it's a gift to people, I think, to to have different voices, different and hear different angles. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And genders and ethnicities, if we can get there. Yes, that's super mm-hmm. helpful. Um, all that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And even though you had to squeeze it into 25 minutes, yeah. I feel like you still did a great job of giving a little bit of practicality, like towards the end. Mm-hmm. But also you you opened it up with saying that environments matter. And similar to this, like we're in conversation with each other, that opens us up differently. Even having like a fourth person here, mm-hmm. it changes the dynamic. And I yeah. think that's so interesting. And I love that you you started by naming that yeah. and then building from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Environments matter and they're really important. Um, and so much of an environment is created by a leader hmm. uh, that's intangible. Mm-hmm. And not only do environments matter, but you also said how people come into that environment matters too. And so I thought that that, even though that was a short part of that piece, that was kind of the key piece for me because sure, you can get a bunch of people in the room, but if they're not aligned in some way or working towards a common goal or come in with a presence of, okay, I want to, in this circumstance, hear from God, then that environment isn't the same. So how did you come up with that piece? Because I feel like that was pretty, like, pretty key. Yeah. Well, like you, Mark, it's key to me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 
you know, I've been in church work world for years and I don't always love coming to church. I mean, Mm -hmm. let me just, (laughs) I don't, I don't always get something from this experience, but I can tell you that it is, it is a weird correlation to me that when I specifically pray on my way into church, God, would you give me a divine conversation today? Would you give me something? Would you prompt me in some way, even if it's not a conversation, but I, I feel very prompted about praying for somebody or that kind of thing. It absolutely changes my experience. And I can almost say 98% of the time, if not 100, I, I almost want to say 100% of the time, when I ask God on the way in or as I'm getting ready, would you give me a divine conversation? Um, something that feels very set up where you're inviting me into pastoring, uh, encouraging, caring for, listening, um, being encouraged, whatever it is, uh, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, when I come in, grumpy Cheryl, uh, and I do sometimes, you know, not super excited to be there, exhausted because the night before, whatever, I, it's a different experience, right? So same, Rochelle has something. I, I, I do, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's wonderful when we can come to church thinking, God, what can I hear from you? Mm-hmm. And be prayerful and have a good mindset. Mm-hmm. As a mother, mm-hmm. and as a mother of a child with special needs, mm-hmm. that is generally not my mindset going yeah, to church. Sure. And I am generally pretty frazzled by the time that I get to church. Yeah. I am getting my kids ready at home alone because my husband's already at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to church. I have to get them past the donuts to mm-hmm. check them in. <laughs> and, you know, there's a whole setup. And so our son is on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. and he requires a buddy to be mm-hmm. at church. And, you know, we do a whole social story beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it's telling this whole story about like, we're going to church and everything in between and who will be with him and what's going to happen during the service and after. So I'm, you know, already frazzled. And yesterday I um, was having this same experience (laughs) and I get into church finally and they're singing the song and the line is, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And immediately everything melts away Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. And I'm like, this is why I come to church, Mm, you know, because in the moment I'm like, why am I coming to church? This is so hard. Is it going to be worth it? Do I want to be here? Is this frustration of bringing kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have to deal with that. So hard. Um, Is it worth it? And um, most times I leave church saying, yes, it was, it was worth it. Mm -hmm. There are days that it's not. But yeah. <laughs> most times, yeah, thank it you is. for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is and I want to build on that. Isn't it so amazing too? How many times has the a, a line in a worship song mm. been been far more impactful than a line in a sermon? Mm. I mean, for me, yeah, as well. And I preach, and I, mm. <laughs> yeah, just well, yeah. It. You yes. know, it's the whole thing. It's the yeah. whole. It's thing, the whole right? thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that was going to be my addition, too, is mm-hmm. I usually feel God's presence more through worship mm-hmm. music than mm-hmm. I do a sermon, mm-hmm. just because that's, you know, I'm a musician myself mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. and that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And so I think 
you know, even sometimes it's just coming into the presence. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that, you know, a lot of times we pray, you know, Cheryl, you're saying mm-hmm. as you go in or as you're getting ready, you pray for something yeah. special. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, I just want to pray that I feel your presence, God. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just being in the building, and I know church is not a building, <laughs> but <laughs> being in the building in the presence of other believers and worshipers. Mm-hmm. And it, that's where I feel like you're saying, Rochelle, just like, just that, ah, uh, okay, I feel God, I feel it, everything let go. So I think that's such a key thing with the community piece mm-hmm. that you're talking about. It's not just coming from a sermon, it's just being in the room together sometimes too mm-hmm. is really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And when you said that, you know, we're in a room together from the online seat, I was like, Cheryl, I know online people. (laughs) I thought the same thing. I think the heart of what you're saying is when you have a, again, a people that are gathered together intentionally in Mm -hmm. community around each other, most of the, yes, that, that is at at its strongest. I would probably concede that that is in person, of course. Mm -hmm. But I'm especially um, inspired by, um, I get excited for the chat that we have on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. because we have a group of regular people that mm-hmm. are there yes. that are sharing prayer requests with each other, checking in on this or that. Yep. And in a way, even though we're, you know, in, a, in our separate spaces, we are still together intentionally with, you know, with the hopes and expectations of being with each other, hearing from God and entering into each other's presence. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I think that, yeah, it, it is most strong in person. Mm-hmm. But it well, can happen online too. Absolutely, yeah. and I, you know, and yeah. again, I don't want to say there's any formula for it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like it's better if it's here. It's not as better. Not as better <laughs> uh, if it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the beauty of God and His pursuit of us, absolutely. and He shows up in all the spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm I'm pressing a little bit, of, um, just a little press and a nudge in a culture that could remain isolated um, if, you know, and, and I try to address the fact that obviously there's people who they just have to because yeah. of health or be, mm-hmm, for other mm-hmm, reasons, mm-hmm. or maybe they're caretaking or uh, for a, for a child or for yeah. a, a, a parent or whatever. Um, there are those situations and God is so big and, and so loving. He will come after everybody wherever mm-hmm. they are. Yes. But I, I think I'm, and maybe, you know, maybe I should have just called it out, but it didn't seem right. You know, maybe I'm a little more concerned with, um, I don't even know if it's millennials or what g- generation. Because I think, you know, the this younger generation, they're all buying flip phones. You know, they're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're done with some of this, like just being so completely online, whatever. At least I read a big article about that in the New York <laughs> Times. But I'm um, <laughs> buying the flip phone. But um but I, I, I do think there's there are some generational things where we're, we can be like, um, and my generation, and I'm old, I have friends who it's just, it's easier to do it at home. It's, it's, mm-hmm, it's sure. more, they're staying home, they're not stepping into community is more about um, just convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Or fears or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And I, I wanted to give a little nudge against that. Yeah. Like, oh, like there's yeah. something happening here. Sure. You know? Definitely. As you should. And I mean, that that kind of goes into when you're talking about the next thing, your six group convictions, that people are unique. Mm-hmm. And there's a uniqueness within groups. There's a yeah. un- uniqueness with what uh, what services I can or cannot attend, maybe mm-hmm. based off of external reasons. Yeah. 
And so I love that you included all six of these. Did you have more? Oh, I dude. Felt like you, I felt like you just, you scratched the surface on your manifesto it's, of convictions. I, I had the same I, thought because I feel like most people only do like two or three. And I yeah. was like, she went six. She went six. There for sure was Absolutely. more. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I could certainly go down, just go down rabbit holes. But um yeah, it, it, and that's funny you say that, Jess, because I did, I did want to have only uh-huh. three. Yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's just, yeah, no way. Was but, there one of the six that you'd like to give some more time or attention to now? Um, yeah, I think um, I do think the unique thing is really important. And even as you were talking, Mark, I was reminded because I think one of the things I hear too from people uh, is, well, you know, I don't do groups and I don't really like it because mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. Yep. And I'm actually more introverted uh, than I present. Mm. And and even in my 20s, when I was like a raging, trying to be extrovert, uh, <laughs> I do those tests. You know, my Myers-Briggs came out dead center mm. on introvert, extrovert. Mm. Um, uh, and, and so I get the introversion piece. And this is what I would say. One, also having led small group life group leaders for decades now i would almost say some of my best small group leaders are introverts Mm. Um, partially because they don't need to dominate the room and really when uh, you uh, you need a facilitator that doesn't have to own the room but can really bring people in and pull people out um one of my favorite personal disciple or group small group leader for me that I was in was a woman, Carolyn, her name was Carolyn. And she was highly introverted, but she was the best group leader I've ever Mm. had. She just was so good at Mm. listening, drawing people out. Um, The other thing is um, that I do think, and we're seeing the (laughs) research on this because of the pandemic, even introverts are like, I can't, you know, I got to, it's like, I got to come out into the sunshine every once in a while, you know, they, 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 even if it's just being present in the room and not interacting, they, they're going to get some life from being in in the space. The other thing is that when we think about groups, um, I think it's important to know yourself. Like some people thrive in a small group. That's like 12 people Mm -hmm. to me that I, I I'm not great with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it's if if I really want to have a small group experience because of my more introverted wiring, five to six is is great. Um, so know yourself, you yeah. know, and know what would what will fill your tank and and help you like in that specifically to the environment of helping people hear God. Um, you might do that better in a group of three mm-hmm. than you would do it in a group of twelve, mm-hmm. um, or whatever. Yeah. So know that. Yeah. As an extrovert, I want to shout out introverts because I feel like most of my best friends are introverts. Mm. And like you're saying, you said she's a good, she was a good listener. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that I always mm-hmm. am drawn to is you actually, they're, I feel like they're better listeners. Mm-hmm. And so they hear things that you didn't hear. And I'm speaking for myself mm-hmm. because I'm too busy talking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this that's the whole series, let's be honest. But <laughs> specifically in Friends, mm-hmm. I talk about Adam Hendricks's wife, Lori, all the time. She's such a wonderful listener. And mm-hmm. she was in my life group. And it's just so powerful to have that kind of relationship and community where they hear something and then they can speak truth into your life because you didn't see that. Yeah. 
And so shout out to introverts. Yeah, yeah, introverts. <laughs> the other uh, conviction that I talked about, and I, I think I even said this, was the sixth one, the spirit of God reveals the thoughts of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? I, I, mean, I, I truly wish we had eight weeks to unpack the Holy Spirit uh, because, um, which I have done some series like that, that were eight mm-hmm. weeks and more around the, the t- topic of the Holy Spirit, because we can either be afraid of the Holy Spirit we can get really weird about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, I've seen it all. I've been in all those kind of environments. Um, and I had to, uh, yeah, it's been a journey for me in, in my own personal understanding of the Holy Spirit where it is, isn't a, um, like people will say the Holy Spirit is sh- the shy member of the Trinity. <laughs> um, and that mm. shows up in Reformed thinking, and I'm very Reformed in my thinking and my theology. Um, but if you do, so I taught a series, uh, it, it was actually a 24 week series on the Holy Spirit. Um, and so to prepare for it the summer before I read all the way through the entire Bible looking for the Holy Spirit, right. And Mm -hmm. what, what does the Bible say? I have a spreadsheet. If you want me to send it to you, you don't, it's, it's, it's so nerdy. It's (laughs) weird. Um, but what, and that was, I would have been a person who would have said prior to that, the Holy Spirit is shy. The Holy Spirit always sheds light on Jesus, which I do believe the Holy Spirit does that. I think they all shed light on each other mm-hmm. in the Trinity. But anyway, what I realized was, oh, wow, if the Holy Spirit is shy, he is sure showing up everywhere <laughs> in this Bible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that again, that's a wormhole, but uh, mm-hmm. on one that if I had, yeah, if I had more time to talk about, um, mm-hmm. I think the life in the spirit and life with the Holy Spirit and Jesus sending us the spirit and him saying, it's better that I go because I'm going to send you the spirit. There is so much underneath that. And it's not just like crazy, weird, looking for emotional, spectacular moments. It's, it's just really a truly a, a gift that Jesus gave us mm-hmm. um, in, in sending the spirit in a unique way. Uh, but of course, the Spirit is eternal, third person of the Trinity, right? It's not like he just shows up. It's not like Jesus just shows up at his birth. It's not like the Holy Spirit just shows up at mm-hmm. Pentecost. Um, but the Holy Spirit is very significant to our growth and um, our life in Christ. And again, I, okay, I'm going to go down a wormhole so I'll stop <laughs> now. But anyway, very important. So Yeah. Yeah. And a big part of being in tune with the spirit, acknowledging the spirit, hearing or listening to the spirit is through conversations with people. And you broke down kind of a step-by-step playbook of how to do that. So if you're curious about that, go back and listen. And then when you wrap that up, you shared a story about you putting that into practice with some friends around a Mm. busy dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you started this series with like, hey, we're not going to try to be like this cuckoo, like we're we're hearing from God at every moment. We're getting words and vision and images. Yeah. But you shared a story then about a word or, <laughs> or something that you got. And now you shared another story. So I'm I'm curious as to um, why, why you chose to share this story yeah. as well as maybe some key takeaways from sharing the story that isn't about the what you got, but maybe about that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would have, I, again, I, I had about two or three other stories I would have loved to share. Oh, yeah. I think stories help. I will say on that story, I ran it past a few people before I shared okay. it because I just wasn't sure 
because again, you'd like to have that in a conversation over coffee um, because what you don't want to your point, Mark, is I don't want people, I didn't want, and maybe they did, but I didn't want people to just glob on to this like, she got this word and then he mm-hmm. said the same word. But really what I wanted people to hear mm-hmm. was this happened in a really natural context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I don't even, to right, I still don't fully know what maybe God is speaking to me in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this morning I spent time mm. in scripture. I'm just, I'm a down a little bit of a wormhole on, in the Bible right now. I was reading through 1 Corinthians, and now because of that conversation, I'm in this wormhole on uh, water and river mm. and things like that in the scripture. And if at the end of the day, all it is that is that I um, have had this wonderful conversation with the Lord for about 10 days now, and mm. I think it'll go on for another couple of weeks, uh, around this, this image of river and water. Uh, I don't think God's going to be like, oh my gosh, you guys did that weird exercise and that <laughs> you spent all that time. I think the Lord is uh, is delighted to mm. be be present with me and and enter the conversation mm. with me around it as I open Scripture, as I pray, as I try, try to keep listening. You know, it's not a one time we listened. I got the word. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to listen again until I need to get another word. Um, so yeah, that was that was what was hoping to just give people like you can do this. Mm-hmm. I've really appreciated not just the sermon but I think your last one and even Scott did this too is all the caveats you kind of give <laughs> and yeah. the sense of like you know you heard the word river and you're like what the heck? Yeah. I don't I'm not a river person like what what the heck is this word? <laughs> and you know even saying like I do these things and sometimes I hear nothing and mm-hmm. I do you know I think that and you've said this too, of like, we sometimes people see us as pastors and they think that we're so mm-hmm. much, you know, whatever, but just to bring it back to reality of like, mm-hmm. yeah, this uh, river, what, yeah. what does that mean? But what it's meant to you is more intentional, specific time with God through Absolutely. that. And I love that. I just love that you really put it into reality. Yeah. 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 I, I want people to hear that because yeah. it can feel like. Well, you got a word because mm-hmm. you, and and mm-hmm. again, I don't. Of my group of friends, um, I'm probably the one, the least to get a word mm-hmm. kind of thing from the Lord in my yeah. close group of friends. Um, but uh, but yeah, it 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 needs to be more about the relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. than it is about um something spectacular yeah. or. Or like kind of, I this I don't even spiritual elitism. That's mm. I think the thing I fear is mm. um, there's this idea that oh those people right. hear from God mm-hmm. or the and I think that's why oftentimes when younger groups of believers can take the hearing from God thing or whatever and um, can really manipulate and use it for their own you know, like to, to look cooler, to look more, uh, spiritual, to be that kind of thing. Um, and, and we can do that with anything. There's the person who can take, who's the Bible teacher and only Bible, only Bible, only Bible. And they use that for their own pride and arrogance. And (laughs) I'm sure I've done that and, you know, anyway, so we have just to be careful, but 
Well, I asked Jess the same question, Rochelle. I'll ask it to you. Okay. Um, have you had any interest mm-hmm. here in, have you had any times in your life when you have heard from God, whether that would be audibly or in a vision or image or dream or something that would be quote unquote out of our ordinary life? Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I, I have. And as a precursor, I, I would just like to say I had an instructor, instructor um, in seminary uh, tell us, you know, we're talking about hearing God. And mm. she said, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, when I hear something, like you said, you heard river, yeah. you know, well, is that God? Is it me? Or is it the McDonald's I <laughs> ate last night? You know? <laughs> And that's good. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, well, which is it? And McDonald's gives everybody dreams, I think. So, <laughs> or Taco Bell. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think like this whole idea that you started with of like gathering, coming together, mm-hmm. there's accountability mm-hmm. and there's ideas and understanding of let's talk about these things together. You were at a dinner table with people and you said, this is this word, let's talk more. Yeah. So, I think, um, but for me personally, when I was pregnant with my third child, um, I assumed I was having a third girl. Um, I don't come from a family of girls. I have three brothers, mm. and Matt has only brothers as well. And I just thought, well, you know, maybe we'll just have three girls. Mm. And I was only looking up girl names, and um, like two weeks before my sonogram to find out the gender of my third child, I had this dream. And I just, it was like, it was a dream, but I didn't see anything. All I heard in my dream was his name is Daniel. Whoa. And I woke up and I was like, what? I was like, uh, okay, God, that's not on my list. Like not even close. You know, Matt has a brother, Daniel, like we're good in the Daniel spot, you know? Um, Great. I'll check in with him today and make sure he's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like his name is Daniel. And I'm like, okay, God, if it's a boy, sure. His name is Daniel, but I'm having a girl. Like mm. I know what I'm having. Hmm. And we go to the sonogram and we find out it's a boy. And mm. I'm like, are you sure? Please show me definitely as a boy. <laughs> And we leave and I'm like, Matt, I have to tell you something. Like, Mm. I believe God told me his name is Daniel, but, you know, that's not on our list. That's not like what we like or what we want. We wanted like Maverick, you know, or (laughs) Max, you know, like something different. And um, he was like, okay, well, let's pray about it. And I prayed um, that God would reveal it to me in three different ways. Mm. And it would be, um, it was very specific, like through conversation with people and other prayers. And oh, now I forget what the third one was. but yeah, we just believed like that was it. And mm. God, um, I, I do believe God gave him uh, his name. Daniel means God is my judge. Mm. And now I'm not going to cry. Okay. Mm. It's okay if you do. Okay. Mm. Um, because mm. Daniel has autism mm-hmm. and um, no one can judge him. Mm-hmm. He is his own person. Sorry, I don't want to get emotional. No, that's podcast. okay. I love it. He is his own person. No one can judge him. But God sees and knows him. Mm. And I just, I, that is just so amazing to me, so mm. beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody hears God in that way. And yeah. so I want to be um, aware of that. Mm-hmm. But that is, you asked me my mm-hmm. question, my yeah. question, and that's my mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. But I think that's a good example, too, that God does speak to everybody in different ways. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just a good reminder of that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, emotions. Contained. (laughs) (laughs) What I loved about kind of everyone here as they were sharing was that it isn't hearing God to as a means to an end. I'm Mm. not receiving an answer. I'm not seeking, you know, 
my, you know, Mark needs this answer from you, God. Okay, now that I got it, thank you, conversation over. Instead, it's the opposite. It's a it's an invitation to be in constant conversation with God, which is the heart of the series, which is we're hearing God as a conversation, mm-hmm. not a singular moment to get a singular answer, yeah, but an invitation to be with him mm. daily, yes. hourly, minutely. Yeah. Well, and actually, Scott is going to talk this week about guidance. And it's interesting because we actually moved some things around. And this series was originally supposed to be six weeks. Mm. And then Phil came along. (laughs) (laughs) Changed the plans. Changed plans. No, but we moved the guidance uh, conversation to the end just because the temptation when you think about hearing from God is almost always, to to your point, Mark, I think the tendency is to think, I need to hear from God so I can know if I'm supposed to move to mm. uh, Barstow, you know, yeah. or take that job or marry this person or um, buy this house or mm-hmm. buy that stock or I don't know, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yes. And, and Dallas Willard really sets this up in his book, Hearing God, but where he really sets up, hey, Really, we come to God because we're in to hear from him because we're in relationship with him. Yes. And so to be in relationship is listening, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a hearing from. And so really the the majority of our hearing from God will be, not should be, will be in the in the realm of relationship, in yes. the realm of because you weren't and you weren't even going in going. God, tell me what I should name my baby, right? Right, right, yeah. No, God just spoke something to you because for your journey, Mm -hmm. he knew that that name was gonna show up Mm. as an encouragement to you. Right. As a gift to you because he loves you. Yeah. Because you're his, because you're your friends. You know, Jesus says in John 15, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Right. And because you're my friend, Rochelle, I'm I wanna I'm gonna give you a name for your mm. child that's gonna show up as this profound encouragement to you. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I think obviously we do, and Scott will talk about it this week, we do come to God for should I move? Should I marry this person? Should I have a third child. I don't know. You know, all things that feel like they're more yes or no kind mm-hmm. of answers, but that isn't the ma- that isn't the major reason right. we come to him for mm-hmm. to hear from him. Yeah. Great. Well, Cheryl, we are <laughs> um coming to an end here. Yes. And in your sermon, you charged everyone with an exercise and you intentionally mm-hmm. had a couple minutes at the end of your sermon. Um I'd love to do that now mm-hmm. too. If you could set that up again, and then I'll play some music and give our friends at home a chance to participate along with us. Uh, Again, thank you so much for for being here. And if you have any questions around this, if you would like to get involved with a life group or you have questions about that, just text the number um, 650-600-0402. Send the description as well. And we would love to get you connected, answer your questions and all of that. So let's do this practice, Cheryl. Yeah, and let me say this. I know we're running out of time, but um, this is the idea of praying for people, not just with people. Mm -hmm. And this has transformed my prayer life. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to talk about this, but um, as opposed to just having prayer lists for people, which I'm not against that and I'm for that, um, like, you know, we took requests, now I've got all your requests. 
what has transformed my prayer life, I would say, in the last 10 years has been this concept of praying for people, where it's more for me the picture of first I'm inviting the Lord to bring pe- someone to mind, or I do have a list. Like I have a list of our staff. Hmm. And so most mornings I ha- take two or three of them and I just sit with them and I don't have prayer requests from them. I don't send out, would you give me a prayer request? I just ask the Lord, how would you have me pray for this person? And then for me, I visualize, I kind of picture myself with, like Sam praying for you, Mark. I'm sitting with you and our Trinitarian God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and I'm just with, I'm holding you before them. Mm-hmm. And then I, 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 I kind of start to pray is what I feel like I'm, I'm sensing God might have for you or something, you know. So that's been transformative mm-hmm. to my prayer life rather than just working off lists. Well, yeah. you know, Mark gave me three things to pray for this week. Now, again, I'm not, I think that's good too, but I, it's just, yeah, it's just transformative. Okay. So what I want to do as we enter into this practice is I want to invite our listeners, um, if you're listening now, to just pause and maybe ask the Lord to bring someone to your mind. And as that person comes to mind, perhaps you'll just picture yourself with them, with Jesus. Sometimes I'll, I'll ask the Lord, I'll say, uh, Father, Jesus, how do you see this person? And I just let the Lord speak to me about that. Because certainly he loves them. He's for them. He has compassion for them. And I sometimes, depending on who it is, I might say, Lord, help me to see them the way you see them. And then I ask the Lord, is there anything maybe I could, I could pray for them? Is there um, a word or a phrase or a passage of scripture that I could carry uh, for them this week or this day or the next few hours? And then just thank God for that person. Pray blessing for that person.
in all of this. We pray because we're able to pray, because Jesus has made a way for us to be in relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We pray this because of the authority and the power of Jesus, the goodness and the grace. Amen.